Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now launching SECQB in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have lift off. Welcome back to SECQB podcast with your host, Zach Mettenberger former LSU standout quarterback and NFL quarterback. What's up, guys? I'm your co-host, Riley Sinyard, and we're joined by our great producer, Mr. Alex Carter. <laughs> Yesterday, we get the AP preseason poll that comes out. We've got, uh, out of the top 25 teams, five are in the SEC. That's what we're covering here on SEC QB. Uh, we got Alabama at number one. Georgia comes out at number five. Texas A&M at number six, Florida at 13, and LSU at 16. So uh, the SEC takes up – I'm not good at math. Carter, how many, what's the percentage of that? 20%? We take up 20%? Yeah, I think so. What's? Do we know what the next highest at league is? Do we know um, that answer? Not off the top of my head. If I had to Let guess, Google though, it, it would Google either it. be uh, it would either be the ACC or the – Big 12? I don't know. Big 12, Big 10 are right well, in there. You, you continue with your uh, where you were going, and I'll look up who's next. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Uh, so, <laughs> Zach, we want to look at a little bit here of the, uh, you know, the first week matchups in the SEC that are cross-conference and in neutral site territory. We've got Alabama playing Miami and Atlanta. We've got Georgia playing Clemson, who's ranked number three. Georgia's number five. Clemson's number three in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. And we've got LSU traveling to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA, even though UCLA is unranked. That is a long haul, and it is the first time those two programs have ever met. What do you think the uh, the game's going to be to watch? Well, I think it's got to be Georgia, it's got to be Georgia yeah, Clemson. Georgia Clemson. Those fan bases hate each other. They're so close. It's going to be in Charlotte. It's going to be it's going to be mayhem. Um, that'll be fun. I mean, that'll really set the tone on the year. And uh, you know, we'll see how those two teams. Who's the team that we thought they were, and who wasn't? Right. Um, that's how those big games go. But. You know, I'm always I'm always part of that. You know, the crowd that you know, let's play a tough game early, because um, if you want to lose, you want to lose early in the year, right? You know, yeah, call back absolutely. way and getting to get back into it. You know, late in the year, you know. Uh, but that'll especially be a against one. a great, yeah, especially against a great opponent. You know, it's not like losing yeah. early. It's not like the old Michigan losing to App State early. Oh, that, bad, that, just yeah. bad, bad for the ego to start the season. I mean, we uh. We had the big uh, deal uh, in Jerry World against TCU, and uh, man, that's you know we talked about camp last time, and uh, when you have that at the end of camp, you know, opposed to and you know, no offense to anybody out there, but to, to McNeese State or somebody like that, you know, just gets the juices rolling a little bit more to get through those three weeks of hell and uh, to go put on a big show for a big crowd, you know, in a in a great venue. Um, so that's definitely definitely going to be the you know, the game that gets uh, college football, you know, back to where it was pre-COVID, I would say. Um, yeah, absolutely. What uh, what other games were on there? You said, Riley, I, d- I didn't hear the other ones. I was looking at uh, what conference was second place to uh, to the SEC, which I still haven't figured out. <laughs> You've got, uh, you got LSU going out to California to play UCLA. And uh, UCLA is unranked, but UCLA 
is one of those teams got nothing a, to lose you know yeah, they, you got nothing to lose and that's a four and a half hour flight for lsu if you don't come with your stuff packed and ready to rock gonna be looking bad out there in holly weird um and coming out coming off off of a year you know too where lsu is you know they've, they've got to prove something this year yeah the lsu you know they got a target they got a lot to prove and i mean honestly ukla's in the best scenario ever you know they want to be a elite program that would have you know what a better opportunity you got lsu coming to your place you know if you lose no one really cares but um if you win if you can pull that off shoot people are going to be talking about ukla again um but i just don't think they can do it sorry sorry bruins yeah i agree with you and then the the third one and the that i brought up was you got number one alabama playing miami number 14 ranked miami in atlanta at the mercedes-benz dome um Miami, you've got Diaz oh, got another the boys good game fu- too. fired up. That one's one of Mike Irvin and back. Mike Irvin and the guys are gonna be in the stands for that one. Gotta be. Um trying to bring so, Miami you know, back. Miami ain't back yet, I don't think though. I just gotta say it. All you Miami fans out there, I just I don't think it's there yet, but I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. College football is more fun when Miami's good, that's for sure. I agree. They, uh, they're, I mean, they're inching back, you know, and it's Miami. It comes down to a game like Alabama week one, you know, a a completely rebooted Alabama team. If they can somehow pull off an upset, I think, I think Miami is either a 19 or a 20 point underdog in that game. So, you know, Vegas isn't really giving them a chance to win it, but if they can pull off an upset against Alabama week one, you're talking about some, you know, and if they lose, they don't do, they even drop. In the rankings, yeah, no. If they do, not no. much. You, you got know? nothing and to so, lose. Exactly, you got nothing so, to lose. Um, gosh, where was I going to go? That's like going to be the NIL bowl right there. Derek King and Bryce Young, probably <laughs> two highest paid quarterbacks in college right now. <laughs> yeah, if you look at them. it, uh, I can't go through my Instagram feed without seeing something new that uh, Derek's doing down there at Miami. Um, he seems to be really on the forefront of uh, making money. For a college kid, he definitely hard not was, to uh, in my hard not to in Miami. Don't oh, you know all dude. those guys, those old Miami teams like we just referenced? Don't you know they're looking back, going, "Oh my God, what what if I could have gotten paid?" Oh, dude, you know, they, got paid. they got paid. They got paid. They got paid a lot more. Well, legally, no, I'm not talking about getting, oh, yeah. getting well, the bag legally. under the table. I'm talking about endorsements yeah. in Miami. Yeah, that bag would have just been no bagging on top of the table. Right, right. Oh, what I do to earn direct this. deposit? Direct deposit. Nothing, it's just not illegal anymore. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. Go catch a football. All right, so Zach, I got a question for you, Carter. I need you to pull out the eight ball, brother. It's time. Now it's time for our segment where we ask the all-knowing oracle football questions. Oh, Magic 8-Ball. I got to get a swish. There it is. You got to give the 8-Ball a question. On those three games, the Alabama, Miami, UGA, Clemson, UCLA, LSU, what you got for the 8-Ball? All right. Magic 8-Ball. Is Georgia going to beat Clemson and stay over the hump for the rest of the year? Contacting the Oracle. Without a doubt. So I agree. Paul is saying, without a doubt, Georgia's beating Clemson and staying over the hump for the rest of the year, and and doing what every Georgia fans wanted Georgia to do since 1980. 81. That's tall order right there, Magic Eight Ball. Good thing you're just an inanimate not object and not a real person. 
I don't know, man. That's tough. Like, can can Georgia do it? Yeah, they can. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, that's kind of just where they've been the last few years. They've been right there at the, you know, at the mountaintop, but uh, just kind of keeps sliding off right there as they're about to plant their flag. Um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, if they can beat, you know, Clemson, this is obviously the time to do it with the, you know, change at the quarterback position, a bunch of skill guys getting changed there. But, um, you know, if Georgia can do it, uh, you know, obviously they should. They got a veteran-led team with JT Daniels and, and Kirby. You know, gosh, hopefully. But we'll see. Clemson's good, man. Dabo's got a good squad over there. Um, what do you think, Riley? It's hard for me not to not to brag on or side with Alabama, but I think out of the SEC this year, I think Georgia is the best equipped team to go all the way as far as roster depth goes. Um the schedule they have, you're talking about coming out week one, beating a number three Clemson. If the eight balls, correct. You want to talk about getting a bump up in the strength of schedule. You know, the guys on game day will have a field day talking about that in late October. And even if Georgia falls somewhere in the season, well, let's not forget that they beat Clemson at neutral field, you know, in Charlotte <laughs> week one. Because Clemson Lee Corso won't, doesn't remember a lot, but he, he will not forget he will, that. He will remember that one. And so I, I don't know. I just think that, uh, I think Georgia's in a place, especially coming out ranked number five. You know, you've got you've got some doubters out there, is what that says. And, and you know, so you don't you've got a target on your back, but not you don't have the same target Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State have the, who are ranked in front of you. You've got your fans who expect the most out of you. You've got your your program who does. I think Georgia gets it done week one, and I think they're a scary team to watch throughout the year. Well, every dog fan hopes you're damn right. Riley, and we'll see though. I'm not sold. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, um, bark, bark, bark. Let's talk a little bit about Zach, the transfer portal. The, the, yeah, the yeah, more. I mean, I guess the it's the SEC QB, and that's like our first big, uh, I guess, big QB move is um, old Gatewood at Kentucky. Is that where you're going? Yeah, well, Gatewood, yeah, announces yesterday. Gatewood announces yesterday that he he's entered the transfer portal. He's out of the QB battle at Kentucky. Um, as, as bad as I want Kentucky to be relevant, they may, might not be. But this is the second time in three years, like I said, for Gatewood uh, to enter the, the transfer portal. So, you know, I, I want you to talk a little bit about Zach. You obviously started your career at Georgia. You're a Georgia boy. You started your career there. You transferred out. Tell everybody a little bit of the difference of what we're seeing today, where if you're not happy or adversity hits you a little bit in the mouth, that you can't just overnight transfer to another dominant program and immediately start playing. What you know, what what's the difference between seven, eight, nine, ten years ago to now? I mean, it's a completely different world. Um, so it used to be, I mean, like you know, say like it was hundred years ago, but I mean, this is just even what two years ago. If you wanted to transfer, you had to go to JUCO if you wanted to play immediately. You know, you couldn't transfer D1 to D1. You'd have to sit out a year. So if you wanted to to still play and potentially get more looks, you go to JUCO. Um, what What is JUCO? Junior college. Junior college football. Uh, in the, you know, junior college football really is uh, prevalent in uh, the great state of Mississippi uh, the great state of Kansas. Um, these are top, Texas. top JUCO uh, places. And uh, 
But I guess like Cam Cam Newton who had the transfer. Tons, tons of people have gone JUCO route, but um, you know, now you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, you know, and it's tough because I think it's good and bad, which everything is, you know, because sometimes you do just get into a coaching change or just a tough situation where you just can't you can't get yourself out of the the hole you've buried. Um, so you need a fresh start for sure. But, you know, a lot of times I feel like guys, you know, just put themselves in another situation, you know, jumping ship to where they're they're buried as soon as they get to the new place, um, you know, because the grass isn't necessarily always greener. Um, and to use Gatewood for an example, uh, you know, they bring in this guy from Penn State, right, that obviously had to piss him off in the offseason. You know, he's working, grinding, trying to be the starter again, you know says he's the leader does all these things and as soon as you know hey you're not the starter i'm out you know uh, to to probably preach hey you know i'm the guy do anything team all that stuff to leave is tough you know and who's to say that the kid that transferred in who say he's going to be healthy the whole year who's to say that he's going to play well you know the the saying at quarterback you're only one play away you know and that's I mean, that's as true as the statement is, you know, for any position. Um, so what do you, you know, you're going to go somewhere, going to try to relearn a system in two weeks and play. I mean, your, your odds are better if you just stay and keep being, you know, a great teammate and, you know, you're not hoping, but you know, the chances are that guy plays bad or gets hurt before you go somewhere and can start in two weeks you know, I like, I like your chances to stick it out. So it's just tough, man. It's tough scenario. It's just the world we live in with NILs and just, uh, you know, just the player empowerment, which is necessary. Um, but at the same time, I just, you know, sometimes your best interest is, isn't, you know, what looks the prettiest, you know, and I wish a lot of these guys knew that, um, because even though you want to play, right, everyone wants to go to the NFL, you're going to go get to the NFL and you're going to be a backup for another guy unless you're a first-rounder, you know? So it's yeah, it's tough. It's just something that some guys can handle and some guys can't. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, anything negative about about Mr. Gatewood. I hope, you know, he transfers somewhere and he gets in a situation that he, he feels is best for him. But, you know, I just think this is just kind of creating a world where, you know, something's a little tough you know the easy way out is um it's pretty cool get a change of scenery i get to go see new girls at a different campus you know i'm not a turd to this new coaching staff uh so but does it always work out i don't know we'll see in five years how you know guys who could transfer and play immediately panned out uh you know in terms of guys who had to go to juco and things like that so it's cool but i don't know so like here you go, Riley. If I would have gotten to transfer to D1, I would have sat out. The schools that wanted me to transfer to them were Troy University and Cincinnati. So I could have transferred to those two schools and sat out a year. No good school. And I, don't, I, I say that Troy and, and Cincinnati are good schools, but like no SEC school wanted me. Um, so I went and sat out a year and then I got offered by every SEC team after my JUCO season. So that's kind of the other thing about JUCO. Guys do it with the hopes that, oh, I'll get bigger offers, you know, maybe with time, you know, whatever crap followed me, it kind of settled down and, I'll, you know, people pull the trigger again. So um, yeah, so it's a different, different but, world for sure. 
let it be known too, Zach, and your JUCO, it's not like you w- went to JUCO and you slumped, you know, you, you went to JUCO and, and you, you balled out, you know, it's not like, it's not like you just get to go to a JUCO and say, oh, okay, he took his year. And then all those, the Nick Saban started calling then Les Miles started yeah. calling and then, you know, yeah. you, you went out and you, what, you threw 30 something touchdowns. You led your team to the. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can't throw touchdowns in JUCO, you're not going to be able to throw touchdowns in in the right. SEC. So, yeah, so yeah, not, for sure. You can't you can't just quit and go to JUCO and then assume you're going to get a call the next year. You know, you're still you're still having to perform. And I think there's it, no guarantees. It's definitely the risk and gamble you take. And you know, I think the two just touched on that, and I, and I can't talk for you or anybody else. I've never been in that scenario, but I think there's a ton of personal growth in that in that part of of your career you know not you but you the you in general i I look back at jalen hurts and he had no reason Tua came in in the uh national championship game against georgia he gets benched at halftime Tua comes in wins the game in overtime you turn around the cinderella story of that the next year Tua gets hurt jalen hurts comes in he stuck it out with the team for a year and he wins the sc championship and then he transfers and he's graduated oklahoma and and has great success there again that's you know, I, I alluded to, you know, you can do it a certain way that makes you look like a dirt bag, even though it's not necessarily the case. Jalen Hurts sure. played it the absolute perfect way you could, because just like I said, OK, yeah, I got beat out by Tua. That's fine. It's a tough it's a tough season. I just played one. You know, it's not a guarantee he's going to play well or he's going to last through it. I'm going to stay here and be a great damn teammate. And he was a great damn teammate. And Tua got hurt and he led the team to the national championship. You know, right. and he ended up getting drafted, you know, higher than maybe he would have because sure. he got to go to Oklahoma and throw. But also he showed how, you know, a one of a teammate he is. You know, sometimes you just got to take it on the chin and just be a great teammate. Yeah. Earn your respect. Now it's time for the two minute drill. That kind of leads us into what we're this little two minute rundown we're gonna go through here, and we gotta we gotta revisit it. And I've got a feeling we're gonna be revisiting this every week, at least for the next foreseeable future. With the NIL rule, you know, you want to talk about compounding misery or excitement, however you want to look at it, on the transfer portal ruling and, and these kids leaving. The NIL does nothing but, if anything, add emphasis to that. I'll let you say if it's negative or positive, but um, we've got some developments in the NIL ruling, you know, every, almost daily. It's on our headlines. You see it. Um, you've got JT Daniels has signed with Zaxby's. He's, he's looking at a half a million dollars on signing autographs on player cards. Um, you've got Milo's in Alabama, who signed both Bo Nix and Malachi Moore, a quarterback from Auburn and a defensive back from Alabama. My favorite of the week um, is the wide receiver from Tennessee who owns a company called Metro Straw that does straw laying, pipe laying, landscaping out of Atlanta. And uh, he's been able to endorse three of his teammates and, and, you know, and also cut himself a check without the NCAA barring that. Got to build that brand, baby. Got to build that company. I mean, Uh, I think that's incredible. But, uh, you know, with with all of that going on week to week, we got to keep touching on that on that subject. Zach, what any new thoughts or takes on the NIL? You got one minute. Uh, Man, I'm just waiting for, you know, kind of how like NASCAR, you got the. Oh God! What was that dead gum, Larry the Cable Ball, t- uh, Cable Guy take about NASCAR? You got the 
the strawberry douche Monte Carlo pulling up. I mean, that's at what point is it going to be? You know, the the raising canes class of twenty twenty six. You know, like everything's just going to be one big. I mean, everything is turning into one big ad. Why not just freaking put a stamp on these kids and say we own them before they even go in, and they're our walk in billboard. You know, BYU. I think BYU is doing a cool thing. You know, hey, you know, this company wants to pay all the walk ons. You know, tuition. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's but really cool. Now Nick Saban just heard that. And he's like, that's a great freaking idea. How can I can get more three stars to be on our scout team and kick ass. We're going to have the greatest scout team in the country because I can now give all these kids full scholarships. They can come to Alabama, win a national championship instead of going to Wyoming and starting at linebacker. Come to Alabama and roll tied with me. But Again, it's it like you said, it's going to be ever changing. There's going to be new rules. You know, the policing on it's going to have to change because somebody's going to exploit something that something somebody didn't think of. Um, but damn, dude, I'm super jealous though. Like, I'm from Watkinsville, Georgia. That's where Zaxby's started. I mean, that's, JT that's Daniels never baby. heard of them out in California. <laughs> yeah, that's now he's their spokesman. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. What do you what are you getting at Zaxby? First of all, shout out to our guy Todd Graves at uh, Raising Canes. But what do you? Getting oh, at Zaxby's I don't. Zaxby's? I do not go to Zaxby's anymore. Come on, dude. <laughs> no brainer. Completely, I've completely changed allegiance. It's the Caniac. It's the Caniac. Oh, Hold the slaw, extra toast, baby. I'm a. I'm just a three finger combo guy. But yeah, no slaw, extra toast. You know, oh, if I'm feeling oh, I froggy, you, I, I knew. I feeling knew froggy you, might get some extra fives too. You know. I'm, I knew you when you could throw down more than three fingers, brother. Oh, uh, dude, back to 255, Matt, holding the pocket down because I definitely yeah. wasn't moving. That's back when <laughs> that's that's back when me and me, you and the boys were ordering the tailgate platter in the drive-through. Taking oh it back, my god! Taking it back to tailgate WCA. platter stories were the best. One time, do you want to tell the story? I can tell the story. Should we tell the food fight story? Is it? Yes, now a that's good time? exactly where yeah. I thought you were alluding. So. <sighs> So Carter, all right. So we're in college and um, we've been out and we got somebody to get a party platter from uh, Raising Cane's and meet us back at the apartment. Um, so the tailgate platter, let the fat guy come in real quick. The t- just so you yeah, know yeah. what he's alluding to. <laughs> the tailgate platter is one of those like, you know, it's way old, too much. Yeah. For, it's like, it's, it's like, like a six people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 50 tenders. It's a whole nother pan of fries. And then it's like a pan of the cane sauce. And so, and a pan of toast. Okay. So it's, it's enough food to feed an army or, a, or a, a tailgate party. And we've got, you know, six guys taking it back to the dorms at LSU at WCA. Go ahead, Zach. And uh, so we're sitting there, we're all, we're all munching. And I see Riley from across the room. I take just one single chicken finger and, and Donk. all World War Three <laughs> broke out. There's fries, freaking chicken fingers. There's cane sauce coming out of the ceilings. It is disgusting. <laughs> we got people that are doing the lights like a strobe light during this food fight. I don't know how long it lasted. I mean... It felt like days, but it couldn't have it been It felt that long. like days, but it couldn't have been longer than two minutes. In the middle of it all, uh, the campus police, who were the guy, is the one guy who used to walk less out after the game on the 50 um, and to shake the other team's hand. Anyways, he walks into the dorm 
and he gets like a distress <laughs> he gets like a distress call like there's something going on in <laughs> 304 yeah, like, 304 there's a murder anyways he opens up the door it's it's you know seven white dudes with their shirts off blaring techno music throwing food at each other <laughs> i think one of our friends had a belt tied around his neck i don't even want to know where he was going with that or what he does in his spare time no, where no, that's he, what he's doing no he had a he had a belt tied around his forehead and he, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when, what he wanted us to believe for sure. When the cop, and when the cops come in, he takes a mop or a broom and acts like he's cleaning the sauce off of the ceiling. <laughs> oh yeah, Jared Foster was doing that. Oh my god, what would he say? They're like, it's on the ceiling. And Foster looked at the cop dead in the eyes and he goes, "It was like that before we got here." <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up, Jared. Go yeah, go looked, back to it, your door. It looked like a chicken factory. It looked it looked like a Canes had blown up inside of the so so we moved out of that place like three or four months later, and me and neighbors found chicken fingers and French fries just tucked in the weirdest places. Places you of think that of dorm? Yeah, like you know, obviously you think of like in the cushions and stuff, but like. In the vents, like I don't even know how a chicken finger get like you have to mash it to get it in the vent. I don't even know how somebody got like who did that. Did you do that, Riley? That's my probably that's my dorm. <laughs> probably I knew it wasn't my dorm, so I was. So just Todd, if you're listening, everywhere. Todd, if you're listening, let's get a uh, party platters and uh, let's all have a food fight sometime soon. Yeah, throw down at WCA <laughs> for old time's sake. Now that we've talked about food fights, who you got as the best offense in the SEC this year? Uh, just to just to give you a little preface here, you've got a lot of rebuilding. You've got Alabama coming back, losing the majority. They're ranked number one in the country preseason, but they've got the majority of their offense being replaced. You've got Georgia with JT Daniels, arguably the hottest quarterback in the country coming in, a Heisman favorite. Um with a lot of weapons to deal with. You've got Texas A&M coming out with Jimbo Fisher and Aggieland. Can Jimbo, Jimbo. do it? Jimbo. Uh, that with, with, with some uh, Spiller at running back, you've got a, a stable of running backs. You've got a great defense there um, in College Station, but you've got a question mark at quarterback. You've got a talented kid, but you're replacing Kellen Mond, who, who served his time and was a hell of a quarterback and a team leader over everything. Um, you've got Florida and Emory Jones, who we've talked about. You've got LSU with a little bit of early quarterback woes, but they've got faith in Johnson. Um, who do you see being the, you know, it, when we get back here and we're talking week eight, week nine, week 10, who's going to be the most dominant offense through their schedules? Who do you think is, is the one? I mean, I might be hopping on the, like, you know, I guess the popular speculation right now i guess uh, you know i'm always secretly rooting for mike leach you know I, I love that guy i think he's just the just a dandy of a human being i can't even i can't even mention his name without laughing i freaking think he's awesome but um you know my my pick i think is going to be old miss this year um you know they're for some reason machine. yeah they're 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 easily forgotten because you know, last year they put up a whole bunch of points, but they're still losing games. Um, you know, I think they're not. I I think they're gonna still lose some of those games. They're not gonna lose as many. Um, so that's why they'll be you know more on people's radar and, and more known this year, in my opinion. But um, and Matt you know, Corral's kid, a sleeper. 
Yeah, yeah dude, I mean, that kid, that kid's, you know, gosh, he's reckless. He's like Jameis with the ball. I'm just going to throw pick every other time, but the other time is going to be a touchdown. So he's a straight um, playmaker. He's a, he's a highlight I mean, reel. He is. And, you know, again, that's the kind of the downfall of those guys. Um, don't know when to not try and make that play, right? Don't know when to just sure. hey, let me just hold on to this one and eat it and I'll catch it the next time. But hopefully he learns from that, you know. And Lane, you know, Lane for all things Lane, he is a the Lane train. He is an, an offensive, you know. Where's our minded, horn, Carter? Ooh, the Lane train. Our, our boys um, in Oxford are gonna love that. <laughs> but uh no, I mean he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's up there, you know, at one point he was up there with the Shanahan's and McVeigh's of the world. You know, and then he kind of fell out of good graces for people. I mean, he's kind of getting his uh, getting his name back out there in a serious light, you know. And uh, if there's any year uh, better than this year for Ole Miss, I am not sure, right? Um, I, I, is, lo- I love that take. I honestly do. So I've got a couple of buddies on coaching on the coaching staff at Ole Miss, and um, I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan for multiple reasons, but you want to talk about progressive play calling and loving an opportunity to not to mess somebody's season up and playing in the West. He's got a lot of opportunity that he's, he's going to play some teams. That, yeah, man. Lane, Lane's got a big ball bag on him. Let's be honest. That dude, no doubt you know, about it, man. He's got no fear in play calling. He's going to do it. I mean, and at this point people kind of expect him to do it. So he just kind of feeds into it, man. I would love to play for that guy right now. Yeah, he, he's he's a player's coach for sure. Um, I, I like Lane. I like I, and I think Ole Miss, Matt Corral, like you said. Yeah, we saw him throw a bunch of picks last year, but that that maturity, the growth over an off season, and spending that time with Lane, who's not only you know comes from his dad Monty, who's one of you know a great coach, but he's coached under a lot of great people. He's been thrown into the fire. Uh, as a young head coach before at Tennessee, um, you, we saw what he did at FAU. The reason he got hired at Ole Miss, we saw what he did last year at Ole Miss. It's exciting stuff. There's no reason. If you're an Ole Miss fan, there's no reason to not just be absolutely thrilled uh, with the outlook on this year's season. Next, you're the QB in the room. You're the QB with the headset. Best quarterback in the SEC this year and why is the part A of the question. And part B is – who has the most hype to live up to or who has the most to lose, if you will? I've never been one to be like, oh, this guy's going to be the best. There's a handful of guys who I think are going to be good and I'm rooting for, and I guess I'll just start with them. Uh, so Max Johnson is one guy. You know, I'm going to be rooting for him just because he's from the same place I'm from, playing at the same school I played for. Um He's just a really sharp kid. You know, I don't think they're going to ask him to do enough to have the best year, you know, as a quarterback in the SEC. But I think he's going to do really well with what they ask him to do. I think old Basilak over in Missouri, uh, I think that dude's got some got some good stuff to work with. Um, again, it's just what he has to work with at Missouri um, is always the biggest thing. Uh They've had some quarterbacks in the past with, you know, Chase Daniels and, and Blaine Gabbert, but, uh, you know, they really just can't get the whole thing going. So it's hard to say that he's going to have the best season, right? Um, obviously, the easy answers would be 
you know, Bryce Young, JT Daniels, but, you know, I think more so um, alluding to the second part of your question, I think they have more hype to lose. And that really sucks for a guy like Bryce because, I mean, he hasn't even really started yet, you know. So with all just the NIL stuff, all the hype around him, just being at Alabama, just the the bar is set so high, you know, you got to play pretty damn lights out at the quarterback position nowadays you used to could just hand the ball off and be an Alabama quarterback and win a ring. But now, you know, it's big, big shoes to fill and they want their quarterbacks thrown for a lot of yards. Um, but I guess if I'm going to Vegas, I think I'm going to put it on old, uh, number five down in the swamp. You love um, him. I love him too. I love yeah, that. I, I, just, I, your pick. I like him again. I like, I like Coach Mullen. I think he does a lot of good things. I think, you know, they have the dudes around him to, you know, because, I mean, that's another thing. You went to, you asked, you know, the question was who's going to have the best season. You know, the other 10 guys you really rely on at quarterback to to be able to have the best season. Um, and they, they, I mean, they have it right now at Florida. They have, you know, great O-line. They got great receivers. They got to win some tough games in the East, and he's got to have you know a statement game. But you know, I think he's uh, going to no, throw I, it. I, I, I think he's going to throw it everywhere take. and run it everywhere. And and Dan's going to tee it up to get you know all his first reads open and make it easy for him. So I think EJ down at uh down at Florida is going to have the best statistical year. Well. Well, guess, too, like you like, like you've alluded to before, like Emory's a guy who, who who came in and he got to play. He's gotten to play some, you know, like he's got yeah, no game doubt. experience, and and he got to he got to watch the hype around Kyle Trask last year and see what it's about. And so I don't think he's going to shy away from any kind of competition. There, there's no challenge that he's he's tough as nails, kid. And so I think I think that's a great take on Emory Jones. Now you've got to hone in on the second part of my question. And again, Who's got dude, the most to lose, Zach? Who is well, it? Is, I, it, is I, it Bryce Young? There. Is it JT Daniels? Uh, before I go there real quick, though, the other thing I like about Emory, that dude had every opportunity to transfer these last couple of years. Going back to our transfer portal conversation, he's a real one. He's a teammate, man. He's somebody that you go to bat for, no doubt. Like There's a whole other bit of respect that comes with that. Kyle's going to have a great year. But I'm going to show you suckers, and I think he's going to show us. So, segueing into who's got what? It's got the most hype to lose or the biggest? Yeah, like, who's the most hyped up? Who's got the, mo- like, who's got the most to lose? I, I, we'll go back to um, Degum, Duda, Ole Miss. I mean, again. Matt Corral. Yeah, dude. I mean, we already, the, the hype train on him, he's uh, in the Heisman pick, right? He's up yeah, there. He's up one there. of the no biggest doubt. favorites. No Dual threat you know? quarterback. Bunch of big plays. People are and everyone's saying, oh, he'll minimize the mistakes this year. Well, you know, if he doesn't, then he's, you know, that all that speculation and hype that we wanted him to be is not there. Um, so he's definitely got the, in my opinion, the most, uh, you know, the most hype to, to chase or, uh, you know, the biggest shoes to field or whatever saying you want to say for that is you know a lot of people are expecting a lot from him this year and he's got to do a lot with uh you know an old miss program that doesn't you know they're more of a middle level middle tier you know skill wise with their bodies i know they get a lot of dudes in the nfl but they're you know they're just not quite there yet and uh yeah, I think he's the guy that, you know, if goes out and he throws for 30 picks again or whatever it was, it's going to be a huge disappointment if it 
isn't the other way and they win a bunch of games. So that's my pick right there. You probably wouldn't have guessed that. You're probably thinking I was going to say Bryce Young, you dig him, roll tighter. Uh, I, I mean, that wouldn't make me a roll tighter if I thought you were going to say Bryce nah, Young. You just, want, you just want to talk about everything Alabama. That's why you're a roll tighter. Sorry, it's in my blood. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing I'm going to just chime in and, and we'll wrap it up here. Who I feel sorry for is whoever ends up being this Tennessee quarterback. These Tennessee uh, fans, yeah. they're they're done blaming and expecting things out of head coaches because it's like a Jerry Springer episode. Yeah. Um, who's going to be the next? You are not the head coach. You know, <laughs> you are not the father. And now you've got two transferred in quarterbacks. One from you know Virginia Tech, and where's the other kid from Michigan? That Milton and uh, Hooker, you know, and Hooker, and then you've got a. Uh, there's another Harrison Bailey who's been there and is known to throw some picks too. Whoever that ends up being, that's who these Tennessee fans are going to blame all year. They're not. They're going to give Josh Hoople the. They're going to let him. How you many? Know, how many? How many seats is that stadium hold? Like 100, oh, 120 and it's some ridiculous. That's yeah, a whole that, lot the, of people. It's, it's the telling you you the, suck. When you throw, yeah, a pick it's there. the world's largest garbage man convention every year. So it's a lot of people. I mean, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of ugly, ugly Halloween orange. I hope but, somebody um, poops in a bag and lights it on fire <laughs> on your doorstep tonight because you referred to Neyland Stadium as the world's largest <laughs> garbage man convention, dude. But, why would you even put garbage men are so much better than Tennessee fans? Oh, I agree. I'm 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 stealing that verbiage <laughs> off of the uh, off of the famous YouTube video, or 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 as I've seen I've I've seen uh, people do before is throw uh, I'm not going to name any names, but throw cheese cubes from a tailgate at Tennessee fans in a stadium and yell at them and say orange is the color of cheese. <laughs> I'm gonna, Zach, I'm gonna take Zach, I'll give you one guess. <laughs> no, no. It's Big Tom. Big Tom it's Big did Tom. that. I was like, oh my God, when was I tailgating around Tennessee fans? No, no, it sounds no, like a real special. Uh, most, people, most people sneak flask of whiskey into stadiums. My Big dad, Tom snuck. Oh, yeah. He's got he Ziploc a Ziploc bag two, of cheese. Yeah, two gallon, two gallon Ziploc bag of cheese throwing them at Tennessee fans in the zone. Saying, just, and, Orange and, is the color of cheese. I, I love that take, Zach. Appreciate your insight on that. I think uh, we're going to wrap it up from here, week two. Uh, once again, thanks for tuning in with us on SEC QB uh, podcast presented by Believe. We got Zach Mettenberger, former LSU quarterback and NFL quarterback, as our host. I'm honored and privileged to be joining him as a co host. I'm Riley Senior, and it wouldn't be possible without our great producer, Mr. Alex Carter. We'll see you guys next week. Tune in, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. This episode of SCCQB is brought to you by Chicken Fingers. Finger licking chicken. Mm, 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 mm. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, contact AskSCCQB at gmail.com. Let's go watch some American football. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.